I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello and welcome everyone once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim and today's topic is a little bit of a serious topic today, a little um, a little bit more depressing than our usual fun-filled topics. Today we're going to talk about... Yesterday, the, we did Babyface Nelson, a, a pretty boy Floyd who killed policemen. I don't know what's so happy about that. Well, this one is even worse than that. The, today's topic is the Hartford Circus Fire of 1944. In which 100 and at least 165 people died. Because uh, when you get to the circus, you go to for fun, you get some cotton candy, you get balloons. You don't expect to burn burn to death. But 165 people died in the uh, Hartford, Connecticut Circus Fire in 1944. Over 700 were injured. We'll get into that story in a moment. But before, let me introduce our panel. And with me today is the very talented, um, wise, and gracious... Brandy, how are you today, Brandy? I'm well, Tim. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing okay. And I'm also joined by the very distinguished, honorable, debonair, and surprisingly uh, coherent Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm doing excellent today. Timmy, I, I noticed that after uh, our last uh, podcast fiasco, you have, uh, <laughs> and maybe you could put this up on the history page, uh, history Dewey page, we have a, an actual script today. Yeah. Looks like we've got an actual outline telling us what we should. Well, and, it, and I'm not really sure if this is your way of trying to gain control of the show. Well, considering uh, I'm the to one, keep me and Brandy down. What you're trying to do? He is the man trying to keep us. It together. is considering I'm the one that um, edits, uploads this podcast. So, um, you, so you're saying there'd be no podcast if it wasn't well, for you? I don't want to say that, but yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't see you guys taking much <laughs> initiative. Oh, what you're talking about? We're here, ain't we? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's about it. I was gone for two weeks, and I don't remember. I, you know, I looked every day for that podcast <laughs> on we could, my feed, but it never came up. We could not find a microphone, Timmy. I know. I, I, we do have, a, I, before we do our shout-outs, um, I got a, from our last podcast, um, Young Brittany is not with us today. She, hopefully, she's going to be here next week. Um, but I got a call from her agent. Um, making me... She has an agent now? Apparently she does. Um, 
and uh, she is not actually in rehab. Um, I, I need oh, to retract you, that comment. You made a uh, comment last time that she was undergoing, uh, she's in rehab for her uh, addiction to alcohol. And apparently making statements that are not true, there's some kind of civil action they can take if they want, like a cease and desist. But so basically, that doesn't mean she doesn't need to be in rehab. Right. You, you, um, you were happy because you thought that she finally took that first step in acknowledging she has a problem. Well, kind of, yeah. Um, and and we got a new uh, we got a new sponsor today. Oh, good. Who is that? Um, now you talked about El Chapo yesterday. El, yeah, El Chapo, the uh, drug lord from Mexico. Yeah, and he uh, now when he got out of prison, he had to do something. Now he escaped from prison. He escaped from prison recently. Um, dug a big tunnel. Um, I don't out. think he really dug. I think it was already dug. Now he had people dig it. He had people dig it, but. Uh, our sponsor today is El Chapo Excavation. Oh, very nice. Yeah, he got in touch with me uh, last night, and I couldn't trace the call to get the reward, and, and I would not do that to a cut. Now we have client confidentiality, so I can't turn him in. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's El Chapo ex- Excavation. Very good. You could dig a whole swimming pool with a spoon. So when uh, Donald Trump builds... With his wooden spade? <laughs> so when Donald Trump builds this wall... You're going to build a tunnel? Uh, El Chapo just built a big tunnel underneath it. Okay. He can build a wall. It don't matter. Okay. You know, and, and, and it does make you wonder, though, um, this wall we're talking about, do you think they'd have illegals working on the wall? Yes. Um, they're, people are not illegal. They're undocumented. Okay. Uh, yeah, undocumented. Because they're, they're really not. I hope, you know. They're breaking laws, but are they really breaking laws? Now, you know what? I, here, here's the only rule I would have. Let the hot ones in, you know? Let's have, it's like a club, like, you know, you're like you're going to a club in downtown Man- Manhattan, right? Midtown Manhattan. You know how they... So, you, you like have a doorman at the board. Exactly. And like, if they're hot... You can't do it? Yeah. If yeah, they're okay. hot, they're attractive, you let them in. If not, say, I'm sorry. You got to go through the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to sneak in the back door. We're just kidding. We're just kidding. We really have uh, no stance on immigration because I don't plan on going anywhere. If Now, I, I do have... Timmy has a stance on immigration. I have a yeah. stance on immigration in that I believe that Canada should open its borders to us. No, my, my stance on immigration is that we we should build a big wall and not let Americans out. Because we need to big, build a big-ass wall around Texas because there's all kinds of crazy always coming out of Texas. We have a lot of, we have a lot of listeners from Texas. So. And those are the not crazy ones. Yes. But exactly. and they they know exactly what I'm talking about because they walk, they go down the street every day and they say their neighbors and they're like those people crazy. But all right, so let's talk about the Hartford. You know, you know I said I was going to complain, but I have one complaint. And thank us. you, Dottie. Thank Why are you. you again? Her? Why are you thinking her for? You know, Dottie just. Uh, you know, I get I, on, I I get on Facebook and you know Dottie will just make a comment on my page and it just cheers me up. Makes and she makes day. a comment like so. We post the we post the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. I post it on Lipskin. Uh, Lips, Lipskin. I post it on it on it goes on Stitcher. It goes on iTunes. And it goes on a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I post it four places. Right, we're available on like seven historytweet.com. I'm looking at Brandy's page. Mm-hmm. 
My mom posts a comment on about yeah. the podcast on Brandy's page. Exactly. Uh, why wouldn't she post it in, on my page? Well, I, like I don't think that she liked the whole tone in your demeanor yesterday. I think she ta- she raised you to be a better person. Uh, this was this was the like I don't know what podcast this was, but it was recently. Did you see it? It was on your podcast. Of course, I saw it. Yeah, I didn't. You know, I was like, I don't know. Well, you don't even give a shout out to your own mother. I'll give a shout out to mom. Hi, mom. Thanks for listening. Okay, so here here's my complaint. We we work in this office, right? Mm-hmm. Supposedly, we have how many people would you say work in this building? Fifty-two. Uh, fifty-two. I think fifty-two is probably. Think that's my right. Fifty-two is the head count. Yeah. All right, fifty-two people, and they all share a common cafeteria. Two. Two, two cafeterias. Two cafeterias. And in each cafeteria, there are a refrigerator. Right? There's a refrigerator in each one. Yes. So you got fifty-two people using these uh, these refrigerators. Now, Brandy, Chuck, and I are part of the management team here, and we clean. That tells you how bad this place is. We clean the refrigerator, right? Yes. Now, Brandy, and it, how many times do you use the refrigerator? Never. Charles, how many times do you use the refrigerator? I have my own personal. Uh, could you turn your cell phone off to me? That's um, just rude. I have my own personal refrigerator in my office, so I do as not do use I. the refrigerator. As do I. As it appears, the the devil has one too here. I don't know what. So today I'm cranky because she keeps live. It's live my turn. It's my turn to clean the refrigerator, and then the refrigerator is so vile. People are so filthy. It's nasty. It's really nasty. Now. I realize when your turn comes up, Brandy, and your turn comes up, Chuck, you just don't do it. But I'm That's compliant. Much the way, yeah. yeah, I'm compliant. That's your fault. And so I, today, I clean the refrigerator out. I just take everything in there and throw it away. Yeah, I did that last time, and I had to paste somebody for their um, butter. For the butter. stick of butter. For the stick of butter. I just anyway, so I'm grumpy because I have to clean a refrigerator today. You I always know. find a reason to be grumpy. I know. Let's talk about the Hartford, Connecticut circus fire. Um, this tragic event happened in on uh, I'm sorry on July 6th, 1944. That was just two days after July 4th celebration. It was yeah, but July 6th, 1944 in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, um, it's one it's one of the worst fire disasters in the history of the United States. It was a month after D Day. A month after D Day, exactly, exactly one month. Uh, the fire occurred during an afternoon performance of the Ringing Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, uh, and was tended, attended by six to eight thousand people. It's uh, estimated that 165 people died. They're not exactly sure on that count because they're not sure if they could account for all all of the folks who attended. Because some of the people were given free tickets and. You know, they just didn't have a good way to do a head count back in those days. They didn't have a clicker? Yeah, they, have a, they, may, they may have had a clicker. I don't know. but They, they didn't have turnstiles back um, then. The, it's, the it's estimate that you see most is 165 people died, with more than 700 people being injured. So it, it was a real disaster. In the... Um, <clears throat> In the 1940s in the U.S., uh, it was typical for circuses to travel from town to town by train and perform under a huge 
canvas, a canvas, a tent, commonly known as a big top. Um, and uh, the Ringling Brothers and Barton Bagley Circus was an exception. They made, they had probably the largest big top tent in the country. Um, that had, you know, they had the three rings, the three ring circus. Uh, that could seat up to um, 9,000 spectators. Um, and so it was this huge, huge tent. Well, on this date, um, um, the circus arrived in Hartford, Connecticut, the day before, on July the 5th. And the trains were late um, to get in uh, late that day. So a couple of the shows that day had to be canceled. The next day, July 6th, was a Thursday. You probably remember that, Brandy. Yes. Um, the, crowd in the, after, uh, the crowd at the afternoon performances was dominated by women and children. I don't mean, like, sexually dominated. I mean, just, there was a lot more women and children really? there. That's okay. Who even went there? Who, who <laughs> I knew what you were thinking. that beside you? <laughs> well, what, yeah. what kind of freak <laughs> okay. are we working with? This is what I always wonder. Okay, so the size of the audience that day has uh, never been established with any certainty, but it's estimated to be 7,000. They gave away a lot of free tickets, and uh, it was a mid-afternoon show, so it wasn't like the primetime show. It was like kind of the matinee. Uh, so they had a lot of people there. Okay, well, during this, this performance, the fire began as a small flame. After yes, they the, always do. Yeah, after the uh, Lions performed on the southwest uh, sidewall of the tent uh, while the great Wallendals were performing. performing. Wallendas? Yeah, whatever. Wallendals? <laughs> <laughs> what are they called? The great Wallendas? The great Wallendas. I don't know who they are. They were the trapeze people flying across. All right. All right. Flying I'm, 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 I'm sorry if you're offended. I didn't know. Who I just were. didn't know what a Wallendal was. Wallendal, <laughs> the Berenstein Bears and right. the Wallendals. Okay, so they were performing. The circus band leader Merle Evans. I got that right. I know Merle. Like Haggard. You know, Merle Evans was said to have been um, the first to spot the flames, and immediately directed the band to play "Stars and Stripes Forever," which is apparently a tune that's traditionally signals um, the stress to all circus personnel. So they play that stars and stripes to tip off all the employees that something something is wrong. Something either is either this. either a lion is eating somebody or there's a fire. As is in, in this case, the and ring, that's actually that's how the uh, the whole clown car thing got started because there was one little golf cart, and when they heard the stars and stripes, there was like forty five clowns. Trying to jump on this golf cart to get the hell out of the fire. I'm not okay. sure that's what happened. And then they put it in the act. Yeah, that's yeah. not true. Uh, Ringmaster could have happened. Fred Branda Bradna urged the audience not to panic and to leave in an orderly fashion. Because um, it always works. Yeah, but the power failed and he could not be heard. So he had a, I guess, a microphone or whatever, and he no one could hear him. And once you know, once you know, there's a fire, and people start realizing it, and people's trying to get out. Um, so he was unsuccessful when trying to maintain order, and the panic, the panic crowd tried to flee the big top, and so they were running, trying to get out of this, um, out of the big top, while some folks were trying to locate their family members, 
and get them out. So you had like some people running for the exits. You had some people who ran out and ran back in. And you had some people just running around the big top looking for their family members. So it was pretty chaotic. Um, I wonder if all these people that died, if the lions ate any of them. Uh, no. No, no, no lions did not. They got the lions out actually pretty pretty quick because they had a, um, I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, sources and investigators differ on how many people were killed, as I mentioned before. Um, The count has anywhere um, between 165 to 169 of people who died, with the 168 being the figure that's usually the official tally of people who were been killed, the body parts, because they had a hard time identifying the bodies. Um, they, they couldn't use fingerprints um, because the bodies were mostly charred. Uh, and so unless someone had, they, they were able to identify some folks with their, had watches with or, or bracelets with inscriptions on them. Uh, but other than that, they had a real difficult time uh, identifying a lot of the bodies. It was over seven, as I said, over 700 people. Treated and some of them were result uh, deaths were result of the fire. Some was result of of smoke inhalation, and some were result of people being trampled upon. Um, so the un- the actual number of injuries is believed it was believed to be much higher than seven hundred because many people that day just you know left in shock and just went home without seeking any type of treatment. The only animals in the big top at the time of the fire were the lions, were the big cats, and they had just prefin- uh, finished performing when the fire started, and they were herded through the um, chutes leading uh, fr- from the performing cage to several ca- caged wagons, and they, so they were unharmed uh, except for some minor burns, so no animals were harmed. Uh, when I was telling my <laughs> mom... Uh, we were doing the um, this uh, topic. Our first question was, "Did any animals get hurt?" That's 170 people died. So well, you know, it's all the animals. And, and I believe I've said this before on the, on the show, but you could uh, show the Battle of Gettysburg. You know, and and if you think at Gettysburg, literally corpses were piled on each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. It's corpses great. piled on each other, and people it's just horrific. watch it yeah. and. Uh, but you let it lay on puppies stray across the field and get hit with a cannon or a mortar or something, everybody in the theater going to be crying. Yeah. Well, fortunately, in this incident, uh, no animals were harmed except for minor burns to the big cats. Um, the cause of the fire remains unknown. Investigators at the time believe it was caused by, uh, caused by a carelessly flicked cigarette. Um, but others suspect it was arson, and the uh, colonel's going to get into that in just a little bit. One really interesting fact of this um, mystery of this whole event was a little girl that was found, um, which Brandy is going to talk to, that really identity has never been fully fully, um, identified. Um, So several years later after this event occurred, uh, while being investigated on other arson charges, a guy named Robert Dell Seggy. Oh, three names. Yeah, he was a um, he was an adolescent at the time. He confessed to starting the fire, um, but he was never charged for the crime, and he later recanted his prof- uh, confession. We're going to get into that a little bit later too. The tent had been. Um, 
waterproofed with um, paraffin wax. Paraffin? Paraffin wax, and that made the, um, the fire spread more rapidly. Colonel's going to talk about that as well. Um, as I said, many people were badly burned, um, and the melting paraffin um, rained down from the roof. So the people who were running out, they got, you know, they had to deal with that. Uh, people, hundreds of people, were, you know, trampled on. So it was just, it was just chaos. It's commonly believed that the number of fatalities, as I said, is higher than the estimates given due to the poor uh, record keeping at the time. And it, again, it's um, this is a city. This is in Hartford, but um, the record keeping um, was just not uh, good. And, and then they believe like a lot of uh, transients had had been in it because, like I said, they were giving tickets away for this performance, and whoever was just walking by got a free ticket. Um, Usually done to promote the, to, you know, to promote the um, the show. And one thing that was really horrible when you said raining down, this was basically napalm coming down on. Yeah, the intense I mean, heat. It's, it's believed that the intense heat by the fire combined with the accelerants um, could have incinerated people completely, just like cremating them right on the spot. Yeah, because it's that it had been treated with gasoline and kerosene and then the wax, the paraffin wax. Which basically is very similar to napalm. Yeah. What it's meant to do is stick to people, stick to things, and stay on fire. And they're just the, you know, they would just, um, you know, burn up right there and mm-hmm. be gone. All there, all the remains. Uh, while many people did burn to death, many others, as I said, resulted from the chaos. The, the deaths resulted from trampling and such. Those um, ex, those uh, spectators who were able to escape from the fire. Um, you know, many of them were caught up in the hysteria. Uh, as I said before, witnesses simply just ran around in circles looking for their loved ones. It, so it was a credit, you know, I, I guess on a smaller scale, when you think of 9-11 and seeing all the, you know, everyone walking around trying to find, with pictures of their loved ones trying to find. I mean, this is not on that scale, obviously. This is not that as many people, but, you know, people were... It's, you know, it's, it's, Hartford's not a big city. I mean, it's a it's a city, so I mean, it, it, it impacted you know the whole town. Well, and especially you got you got to remember they didn't have DNA. They didn't right. have you know. I guess you could uh, dental records wasn't going to be a big help. It was just right. It's and mostly, then the people was burned up. So yeah. if they had a if they had a gold pendant on or that didn't melt. If and I said, like I said, they were given tickets away. So someone. Uh, may have not intended, you know, they were outside just like giving, handing out tickets. Somebody, you know, many people may have just been walking by, had no intention of going to that afternoon performance, got a free ticket and say, okay, you know, so they might have not notified anyone that they were going to go to the the circus. Um, So that's why a lot of the bodies were, you know, they just couldn't identify. And it's kind of a best guess type of thing. Um. Like I said, some people escaped initially, but then ran back in to look for family members. Others uh, folks just stayed in their seat until it was too late. And, you know, that tent uh, coated with the wax, I mean, it just went up in flames. didn't take very long for the whole thing just to come tumbling down. Uh, two of the exits were blocked by chutes used to bring in the, um, 
the tigers, the, the big cats, in and out of the tent. So that uh, prevented, you know, at least two of the exits were blocked off, so that prevented people from using those exits as an escape route. Some died from injuries sustained from leaping from the top of the bleachers in hopes that they could escape under under, under the tents. Um, though, although that method of escape ended up killing more people than it saved. Other di- others died, as I said, by being trampled on or asphyxiation under the piles of people. You know, like they just fell and other people fell on them and, and either they died of smoke inhalation or asphyxiation from just being uh, having people piled on them. Um, and you know, during all this chaos and everything else, there was because what do you have at circuses? Clowns. Clowns. What do clowns do? Start everything that's evil. They kill people. Yeah. No. no. The, so during all this chaos, the clowns was running amok, killing people. It's interesting. The fire probably only killed like sixteen. It's people. interesting. The clowns that you killed men- the rest. It's interesting that you mentioned clowns with the chainsaw. With um, chainsaws. Yeah. So most people were uh, they were most people were found in piles, some three bodies deep, uh, in the most congested area. So like they thought they were going to get out and they just didn't make it. A small number were found alive at the bottom of the piles, protected by the bodies that were on top of them uh, when the big burning big top uh, ultimately fell down. But there was a picture taken of a of a. Uh, one of the clowns who was trying to put out the fire. He was like the sad tramp clown. He was starting as what he was doing. No, his name was Emmett Kelly. Emmett Kelly. Emmett Kelly, and he, he was a fam- actually the famous. He was a famous famous clown, clown and he had a bucket. A, 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 a newspaper photographer snapped a shot of him holding a bucket of water, trying to put the fire out, and um, that became that picture became kind of iconic, and the event uh, was uh, has been referred to ever since this, the day the clown cried. So, and um, they and they he was actually the bucket that had water, and I believe it. You know, we can't prove anything, but you yeah. know, I I how I feel about clowns. I know, but this this clown was actually Emmett Kelly was actually trying to help. So no, he had bashed the skulls of three people with that bucket. He had not. Yeah, not. Do not besmirch the name of Emmett Charles Kelly. speaks the truth. All right. I, I don't like clowns. Let's, now, talk, uh, let's talk about the investigation, Colonel. When I was a uh, when I was a little kid, <clears throat> I had a lovely woman, um, just beautiful woman. She uh, she was my favorite aunt. She uh, took me to the circus, and I. Is this about the investigation? Did a clown touch you? No, but uh, let me tell you what happened to me. I don't feel good about that. Okay, now every kid loved cotton candy, right? Every kid loved cotton candy. Yeah, well, you know what I got? I had a damn bee land on my cotton candy. Stuck the cotton candy in my mouth. The damn bee stung me on the roof of the mouth. I ain't ever been back to a circus. You know, candy apples are really hard on your teeth. Yeah, you know what's really hard on the top of your mouth? A bee stinging. <laughs> okay, let's talk it's about like the, a son bitch. Let's talk about the fire. So I've never been able to go back to a circus. But anyway, <clears throat> the investigation are just boring to me. Huh? Circuses are just boring to me. The only fun if it you know the circus are like car races. You they're only good when something goes bad. You're looking for something. It's like people watch NASCAR for the car wrecks. Knowing that, you know, okay, they don't so you really want to see, see that, that, that guy shot out of the cannon <clears throat> going through the tent. You want to see the lion turn on somebody, and 
fall like tra- trapeze also. You want to see the trapeze break. You want to see whatever. I mean, it's I not that what you want to see it, but you, the possibility of it being there and happening is what makes it exciting. You know what is cool is when the motorcycle rides in that ball. That is cool. Run that ball. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about, yeah. That's That's cool. cool. Okay, let's talk about the fire investigation. Well, there wasn't much of an investigation. What they did was they came in, uh, the officials at Hartford just said, Ringling Brothers, this is your fault. This is your fault. We don't care. We don't know what happened. We don't care what happened. Because on the very next day, I mean, this is what you're talking about. This happened on June June 6th. Yeah, July 6th. I'm sorry, July 6th. July 7th, the very next day, they just charged five people, five officials from the circus with involuntary manslaughter. Well, I'm sure they were, you know, under a lot of pressure, you know, to to file charges and with that many people dying. They, They filed charges against Haley, the vice president, George Smith, the general manager and executive Leonard Ainsworth, Ailsworth, I'm sorry, Edward Verdick, the chief electrician and David Blanchfield. Now I don't know he was the chief wagon man. No, well, you're not gonna you're not gonna make the assistant wagon man. Well I don't fall know guy. if you say Buck stop, has to stop somewhere. Is he the guy that said circle the wagons? Was he trying to impede the investigation? Imagine um, he's a I, he would be like the traveling secretary, that would be my guess. He kind of coordinates the whole thing. Now, this Haley, he was the vice president. He was the highest guy charged. He later on, interestingly, went on to serve 20 years, 24 years in the House of Representatives. <laughs> I thought you were going to say uh, prison. No, no, this is what's interesting. House of Representatives. Within Same just thing. a couple days, you know, there was. Same inmates. Different <laughs> right. Within a couple days, I mean, just within a few days of the charges being filed, the circus reached an agreement with the city of Hartford to just accept full financial responsibility and pay whatever amount the city requested in damages. Yeah. They were just saying, we'll write you a check, let us get the hell out of here. Yeah, they wanted to just make it to pay the civil damages and and not be held criminally liable. So this, uh, the circus ended up paying out over $5 million to the 600 victims and families who'd filed claims against them by 1954. And up to that time, all of the circus's profits from the time of the fire had been set aside to try to pay off these claims. Now, the circus accepted full responsibility for the financial damages, but they did not accept responsibility for the disaster itself. So they said, okay, we'll pay it, but we're not really to bl- Pretty much like the guys on Wall Street again. Did. Yeah. You know, we'll they, pay the fine, but we didn't do anything wrong. Right. But it's easier. Now, these five men, in later in 1944, they were um, brought to trial. Uh, the, the chief wagon man, he was he was let go. Um, he was found not guilty. But four of them, the other four, were convicted. Now, they were given prison terms. And I guess it's, it's involuntary manslaughter for they were convicted criminal of negligence. Is it? Just involuntary, yeah, involuntary manslaughter, which would involve criminal negligence. But um, now they were all given prison terms, four to, four to five. One was found not guilty. Um, the four men found guilty, they were allowed to continue with the circus to the next stop, Sarasota, Florida, to help the company set, up, set itself up again after the disaster. Um, and then right after the convictions, they were pardoned entirely. So they got, they 
were charged, convicted, said go about your way, and then pardoned. And, yeah, and that doesn't sound right, does it? Haley became well, you know, they, when it now think about the kind of five million dollars back in nine, in the nineteen forties and fifties. You know, they was paying people off. I mean, they. they I'm wondering how they got their pardon because it, it seem would seem to me that would be not very politically astute to offer pardons to uh, to these guys. Uh, you know, my my guess is is that um, they, I, I I would explain it by somebody giving somebody a whole big ass amount of money. Well, I'm, and then yeah. that person coming out and saying the governor can only pardon him, saying that uh, you know what this was the the trial was rushed. They was not given a fair trial. I guess we could look into that a little bit more. How they got the pardon? That'd be an interesting story in itself. But they obviously um, had connections. Yeah, they had connections with with uh, something. Now they did. One of the inter- interesting aspects of this is, uh, but like you said, they really didn't. There's, it's hard to. They don't even know what caused the fire, so I guess it's hard to. Yeah, they know. It's hard to see how anyone was ever even convicted. But you know what? Well, with that kind of paraffin and yeah. everything else. Yeah, that with paraffin. Oh, you probably had some 12-year-old kid with a magnifying glass burning up an ant. Because well, they're prone to do that. Or, or it's it certainly, it, even if that wasn't the cause of the fire, it certainly added to the destruction. You know what I mean? It, it, so that there's some, some liability there, even if... It was a, a cigarette butt or whatever that caused it, but you're going to talk a little bit more about some of the other theories. But. Well, here's, here's an interesting aspect. Um, this guy, Robert Dale Seagy of Circleville, Ohio, claimed he was responsible. This is 1950. Circleville, right south of Columbus, home of the Pumpkin Festival. I did not know that, Timmy. Yeah. I did not know south that. of uh, yeah, south of uh, Columbus. I know. I go down to uh, Kentucky. I used to go down to Kentucky with my mama for the sauerkraut festival. What does that have That's to do? Right what does that? What are you talking about? Pumpkin festival? <laughs> talking about get, the sauerkraut. Let's go back to Mr. Siggy. Okay, so Siggy, uh, he he claimed he was responsible for setting this. Now he was Siggy was uh, he was a roustabout for the show. Yeah, what's Just a roustabout? A roustabout. Roustabout is is kind of like a Gandhi dancer, but he doesn't really dance. I thought um, he was like they worked in oil rigs or something. Roustabout. Um, those are roughnecks. Yeah, um, those are roughnecks. Um, now he started working with the surf. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Marcus, can you be aroused um, about Anna Ruffner? 
Sure you could. Sure you could. Um, he he was 14 years old. He said he had a nightmare about an Indian riding a flaming horse that told him to set fires. So this 14-year-old kid, he's, you know, crazy as hell. Um, hasn't and who hasn't had a, you know a, a, a dream or a nightmare about an Indian on a flaming horse? But I ain't never had one tell me to set fires. So anyway, he. he what he, if he told him that, or is this like symbolic? I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because you know it could have been a real Indian on a flaming horse and not a dream. They told him to set the fire. I don't know. But what I don't get is he's in Ohio. Where's he at? He's in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And this is in Connecticut. Well, this is six years later. All right. Okay. Go ahead. So he was. He started. I got a point. Um, so he has the nightmare. Now he further claimed that after this nightmare, his mind went completely blank. Okay, and, and devil, you know what that's like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that he did not come out of this state until the circus fire had already been set. Now it said, it was said that he fit the description of a serial ar- arsonist right out of the psychiatrist's notebook. So yeah, and he had been arrested for arson, right? I mean, he, yeah. it's not something that he just totally uh, fabricated. He had actually been. Yeah, he'd been, and he he knew intimate, he knew really intimate details of the incident, um, which some people believed only the real arsonists could have known. Yeah, like there was a couple small fires that um, were started first, and he described those. I think if uh, I remember right. That's actually what I was getting to. Yeah, oh, I'm um, sorry. For instance, it was never made public that the circus had two smaller fires of undetermined origin prior to the tragedy. Somewhere. I guess you, uh, I, heard I guess that. you heard that, yeah. Yeah. Some so, of us prepare. That's what I'm <laughs> okay, yeah. You are prepared. I'll, yeah, I'll even if that. we do prepare, you do that. Yeah. <laughs> what I love is when Brandy's reading it. It's like, oh, what's what's going to happen next? <laughs> God. So anyway, he, it's like working with someone who has Alzheimer's, you know. It's like, <laughs> oh, believe me, me and the devil know that one. Um, That's her fault. God, <laughs> I'm just minding my business over here. No, it's, it's like when you're reading you're playing Candy Crush. It's like when there. you're reading it. It's like it's the very first time you've ever heard it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, let me turn the page. Wait, hold on. Wait, yeah, but she's all excited. Like, wait like, a minute. Wait like a minute. Like it's a cliffhanger. She's like, oh, like wait a minute. Look at this little Oh my goodness! I wonder what happens to this Lindbergh baby. I gotta find out. Let me turn to the page. Wow! <laughs> you mean Le- President Lincoln was assassinated? Yeah. <laughs> Did you know? So President Lincoln goes to the theater, and then that's fine. Oh, he got shot in the back of the head. <laughs> so please continue. Carl. I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah, the devil doesn't always prepare for these shows. Yeah, that's and why we apologize for. We do apologize, uh, it, it, and we get a lot of feedback <clears throat> saying that uh, Brandy needs to do more research. We do get a lot of feedback, and we do you share? Do you get a lot of feedback on that? <laughs> and now I get a little feedback about you being cranky. Well, I, I, I'm temperamental. I you are feedback on the two of you being dickweeds, so why don't we go ahead? Okay, now let me get back to this CG guy. God, I wish you would. He uh, he he had been convicted in Ohio of uh, unrelated arson charges and sentenced to more than forty years of prison time. So 
that this is in 1950. So in remember when you were <clears> literally <throat> say if you play with matches you pee your you pee yourself you pee a bit you pee I your bed. I do bit. not remember that. You ever. know there is a there's a correlation there though. That uh, <clears throat> the but you remember people saying that or was it just like someone telling me that? No, I remember people saying that all the time. But you know what's interesting is what they call a call a triad mm-hmm. um, when they're looking at serial killers. Did they like to set fires? Did they wet the bed? And did they like to harm animals? Mm-hmm. So I wonder, you know, when people was setting fires and then peeing the bed, if they weren't running into uh, a serial killer. Maybe. But that's one of that's kind of one of the uh, hallmarks they look for when they're talking about serial killers. Is they got weak kidneys. I don't know. What the fuck? How would that have been connected? the bladder. I don't know. I don't know how in the hell it's connected. But if you Google Yesterday while I was talking, you Googled nine, nine million right. things. All right. So all look right. up serial killer triad, and I bet you find it in there. All right. Go on, Mr. Siegel. Um, Siggy. So anyway, this is in 1950. He confesses to this. Later on in November of that year, Siggy got convicted of some unrelated arson charges, sentenced to more than 40 years in prison time. Now, Hartford investigators raised pretty serious doubts about his confession, as he did have a history of mental illness as, you know, the Indian with the flaming horse kind of showed. And, and, and it couldn't even be proven that he was had ever set foot in the state of Connecticut. That's what, so, and so, that's what I mean. How the hell could he start a fire if he's never even been... In Connecticut. So now they uh, they weren't they weren't allowed to question him, even though his alleged crime had occurred. He he confessed this in Ohio, but Hartford officials and Connecticut officials were never allowed to question him. Okay, it's called the McDonald Triad, and the, the theory is it links cruelty to animals, obsession with fire setting, and persistent bedwetting past a certain age to violent behavior, behavior, particularly homicidal behavior, and sexual predatory behavior. However, studies claim to have not found statistic, statistical significant links between the triad and violent offenders. Well, but I, you, you were right. There is a theory out there. I there apologize. is a theory out there. So anyway, now see, he died in 1997. He denied setting the fire as late as 1944 during an interview. He recanted. Yeah, right. he recanted. So, um, so they don't even know if it was arson, and if it was the real arsonist, um, that arsonist had never been found. So that's where we. Uh, so really, at the end of the day, we don't know why the fire started. Right. But we do know that one of the victims was a little girl, sweet little girl, and and there. If How do you know she, she was a sweet, sweet little girl? Well, she looks sweet. She could, if you if you Google like if you if you Google uh, the Harford Circus uh, fire tent fire, you'll see a picture of her. She's known as um, Miss what sixteen fifty five. No, the best known victim of the circus fire was a young blonde girl wearing a white dress. She's known only as Little Miss 1565, named after the number assigned to her body at the city's makeshift morgue. I thought they said she was sweet. Yeah. She looks adorable, though, if well, you see her picture. Yeah. She looked like she got stuff on her face. I don't know. When she, I mean, she, she's recognizable. She's not, I mean, it's not like she's just, um, you know. She was oddly well-preserved even yeah. after her death. Her face had how, become how, how arguably... The most familiar image of the fire. How old is she? How old was she? Uh, six. Yeah. 
Her true identity has been a topic of debate and frustration in the Hartford area since the fire occurred. She was buried without a name in Hartford's Northwood Cemetery, where a victim's memorial also stands. Two police investigators, uh, Sergeants Barber and Lowe, photographed her and took fingerprints, footprints, and dental charts. Despite the massive publicity and repeated displays of the famous photograph in nationwide magazines, she was never claimed. Barbara and Lowe spent the rest of their lives trying to identify her. They decorated her grave with flowers each Christmas Memorial Day on July 6th. After their death, the local flower company continued to decorate the grave. As late as 1991, the body was declared to be that of Eleanor Emily Cook, despite the fact that her aunt and uncle had examined the body and it did not fit the description they provided. The Connecticut State Police Forensics Unit compared hair samples and determined they were probably from the same person. The body was exhumed in 91 and buried next to her brother, Edward, who'd also died in the fire. Uh, In 1981, Lowe's widow announced that Lowe had identified the child and contacted her family, but they had requested no publicity. In 1987, someone left a note on 1565's gravestone reading, Sarah Graham is her name. 7638, date of birth. Yeah, that's weird. Six years, twins, twin. Uh, Notes on nearby gravestones indicated that her twin brother and other relatives were buried close by. In 1991, an arson investigator named Rick Davey, uh, along with a guy that was writing uh, named Don Massey, published A Matter of Degree, The Hartford Circus Fire and Mystery of Little Miss 1565, in which he claimed the girl was Eleanor Emily Cook and from Massachusetts. Davey also contends that there was a conspiracy within the judicial system to fight the Ringling defendants and that C.G. was the arsonist. System, I'm sorry, to convict the Ringling defendants, I'm sorry. Uh, Prior to writing the book, Davey spent six years researching the case and conducting his own experiments as to how the fire may have really started. He described the original investigation both flawed and primitive, though he did not work on the original case. Uh, Various assertions put forth in a matter of degree have been fiercely disputed by investigators who worked on the case as well as by other writers, most notably Stuart Onan, who published The Circus Fire, a true story of an American tragedy in 2001. Onan points to the fact that Little Miss 1565 had blonde hair while Eleanor Cook was a brunette. The shape of Little Miss 1565's face and that of Eleanor Cook were dissimilar, and the heights and ages of the two girls do not match up. Perhaps most significantly, when shown a photograph of Little Miss 1565, Eleanor's mother, Mildred Corinthia Parsons Cook, immediately stated that that was not her daughter. She firmly maintained that stance until her death in 1997 at the age of 91. And you know the mom. I mean, someone's going to know their own daughter. But here's what I don't understand. She says, that is not my daughter. Okay, well, ma'am, where is your daughter? Well, she may not have been, she may have been, her body may have been. Badly injured in the fire, Miss Cook had been unable to claim her two dead children and was too emotionally traumatized to pursue it later. Yeah. It's, it's, okay, it's, so yeah. she lost the children in the fire and she said, she, but that is not mine. Right. She'd been that told that Eleanor not was not at any of the locations where bodies were kept for identification. She believed that Eleanor was one of two children who had been burnt beyond recognition and remained ident- unidentified. 
God, it'd be horrible. Yeah. Onan thinks she may be body number 1503. He further points to the differences in dental records of Eleanor Cook and the records made of Little Miss 1565 after her death. As Onan and others have pointed out, the most likely scenario is that a family claiming a body early on mistakenly identified Eleanor Cook as their own child, and she's buried under that name. Even when Little Miss 1565's picture ran in the papers, they failed to recognize her as their own as their own due to their desire to put the traumatic event behind. Yeah, they just said we're not going to come forward and we'll just go with what we, you know, we've buried our daughter. While DNA analysis could end this debate, the logistics of exhuming all the likely candidates for this mix-up rule this out. But I don't understand that. Why, why couldn't they just do DNA on uh, that family and the little girl? They wouldn't have to dig up all the bodies to do that. Well, if you're trying to find her, her parents, well, I guess people yeah, for related parent, to her, yeah. you need to dig up. Bodies. But they could certainly rule out Miss Cook. Sure. Could you uh, imagine if this happened in Hazard, Kentucky, trying to do a DNA match? Good God. Good Lord, did she? But you know, she related to everybody. Everybody in the damn victims got the same DNA. You can imagine what nightmare that it was. What nine? You know, with the nine eleven. I mean, how many people just disappeared that no one? Because they're saying here, like they were like here, they were like a lot of transients. People oh, just yeah. come through that may have been involved in that fire that no one knew they were there. And you've got to think when you're looking at not an event like nine eleven, which is. You know what? Three thousand people died. Mm-hmm. That there were probably a lot of people who were victims that were never identified or never people even know were involved with it. Or how many people didn't actually die in the fire and ended up in clowns' basements later on? Or how many people who just wanted to disappear disappeared yeah, on that day? Yeah, wanted by the law, or you know didn't want to pay child support or whatever, and. Um, you know, that, you know, that'd be a sweet gig right there. Go what? collect the life insurance on yourself. I think, I mean, I, there, there there certainly were people in 9-11 who, you know, that were claimed to have perished in there that didn't. It showed up in other places later on. So I'm sure that happened, but I, I, this wasn't on that large of scale. I'm sorry, Brandy, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, you did. I'm, you always mean to interrupt. I'm oh. just trying to add meaningful insight. Add value, Timmy. You're adding value. I'm adding value. With, with, with the questions over whether Eleanor Cook is the true identity, identity of Little Miss 1565 still unanswered in the eyes of many, the body was exhumed after the release of a matter of degree and buried in Southampton, Massachusetts, next to the body of Edward Cook. The brother. See, see, she might be married next to somebody she doesn't even know. The brother of Eleanor Cook and a victim of the circus fire himself. In 1992, her death certificate was officially changed from the previous identification of 1565. Since then, the Cook family has raised questions about whether the body is indeed that of Eleanor Cook, and some investigators have come to believe Eleanor's body may have been that of of another of the unclaimed bodies from the fire and not Little Miss 1565. Yeah, I mean, look at her. Isn't she adorable? Adorable. Yeah, it's a shame. I wonder why she's so well preserved. 
I, I don't but know. I wonder if she was smoke inhalation. It might have been. I mean, she's, part of her face is burned, it looks like. But, it looks like uh, side of her face yeah, is burned. But it looks yeah. like, uh, I bet either that or trampled on. Yeah, it could have been. It, it's, it's, you know, it's an interesting thing because when you hear from the people who were there, um, the personal accounts. The personal accounts. Now, uh, there was somebody actually very turned out to be very famous later on, um, Charles Nelson Riley. Oh yeah, Hollywood Squares. Hollywood Squares. Love um, that guy. He really in, in he was his, an actor. In and default, and lies with this whole thing with his mama, Charles Nelson. Mama, she now at this point she had to know that you know Charles was there was something a little bit different about Charles and. <laughs> I think that what Charles Nelson Riley was not involved in this fire. I mean, he was there, but he wasn't. He didn't start the fire. He was just well. There. He was thirteen years Billy old Joel at the time. Did not start the fire. Huh? Him and Billy Joel did not start the fire. <laughs> he was thirteen years old. All right. Now he's 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 going to the show. He wants to go with his friends, but his mama won't tell him. Won't let him go. Okay. Well, and it's a you know she he should have listened. And he she sees him and his friend his little friend uh, sneaking around, and she knows he's going to go to the circus. And you know what she yells to him? I know, but go ahead and tell. I him. hope it burns to the ground. That's almost oh, that's, that's some guilt. That's oh. like now, uh, <clears throat> now young Charles can get away with anything. Yeah, that's and, like and, uh, that's sort of like <coughs> Waylon Jennings telling Buddy yeah, Holly hopes the plane crashes. Plane crashes. No. And it's it's interesting because because of this, um, Riley could really never go to the theater. He said the sound of a large, uh, large audience in the theater reminded him of a large crowd of the circus before the da- disaster. Yeah, but he could perform. He could perform in a theater, but he could not be in the audience in the yeah. theater. So it was it was an interesting thing. Now here's a they had uh, Frida Pushnik who performed in the circus. She was the armless and legless wonder. Um, now she was rescued by a menstrual performer. Um, in, Somebody um, on their period. Yeah, I was going to say that, but I, I was biting my tongue. As I was. She damn lucky that, that this. Well, what did they do? On those the, menstrual uh, performers. <laughs> it happened I, on I, the sixth because cuss at you, slap you. <laughs> well, had this happened about twenty fourth or whatever, you know, when they get the crazy women with to get the PMS. Yeah. She'd have just said, hell with, your, hell with your cripple ass. I'm going to let you burn. I'm going to see. You look like a big marshmallow laying there. But anyway. The legless um, and. Armless and legless wonder. That's they, terrible. So they threw her, in a sh- threw her in a chair. Threw her in a chair. Um, Wheeled her out. And <laughs> carried her to safety in the chair. And Pushnik, she just kept performing with the circus until about 1955. Um, well, I mean, what is she going to do? She had a neck injury. Play um, tennis? I mean. But <laughs> she, <laughs> you know, you ought not make fun of our crippled friends. Like I that am not. I'm just, um, I think you did. Saying she had limited occupational opportunities. Well, no, I mean, she could have been all kinds of things. Just think of the... She could have been a shirt model. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, she could have been home plate for one of the major league baseball teams. Um, could have been. <laughs> what now? Torso tosser. Oh, you know Torso she. Toss. I'll tell you what. She make a hell of a lookout. Yeah, go ahead. She ain't gonna go ahead. On That's we're uh, we're we're being very mean. Go ahead. We digress. Um, one of the survivors of the fire, Maureen Creek, and she uh, talked about her ordeal in 2007. She said she was 11 years old at the time of the fire. 
lived on the same road that the circus was held. And on the day of the, the circus, she, she was supposed to go to the circus with the woman next door and her daughter. She went down to their house. She found that they'd already left without her. She decided to go to the circus on her own where she sat in the bleachers. And she said, I remember somebody yelling and seeing a big ball of fire near the top of the tent. And this ball of fire just got bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, that had to be scarier than hell. Yeah, she said by that time everybody was panicking. The exit was blocked in the cages that the animals were brought in and out with. The exits were blocked with the cages that the animals were brought in and out with. Yeah. And there was a man taking kids and flinging them up and over the cage to get them out. Good. I was sitting up in the bleachers and jumped down. I was three-quarters of the way up. You jumped down, and it was all straw underneath. There was a young man, a kid. He had a pocket knife. He slit the tent, took my arm, and pulled me out. As she was being pulled out, this Cregan lady grabbed another little girl's arm, pulled her out as well. And uh, Judy Shapiro, um, she survived the fire. She was seven years old. She was up in the top of the bleachers, and they. Uh, she was in the middle of the bleachers, but to avoid the fire, they kept climbing up high in the bleachers just to get away from the crush of the madness and everything else. When they got to the top and the fire was closing in on them, and her neighbors told her to jump, just jump, and uh, she couldn't jump. So the neighbors pushed her off. <laughs> Hey. Just push off out of the bleachers, and she uh, she survived. She survived it. Her neighbors survived it, and it was. Uh, she said to to this day, she can still uh, smell the burning flesh. And um, Carol Carol Tillman Parrish, she was six at the time, said, "Until this day, I can smell the stench of human flesh burning Ugh. as the blaze consumed its victims." Um, there was another guy, Edgar, and he said, ever since then, I hated clowns because they've been, they was running around him people in the heads with buckets. That, uh, now, you're, now you're making shit up. And with axes. And with axes, yeah, they was pushing people into cars, they was... Are you doing? They were stealing people. They was doing all kinds okay, of stuff. Okay, so... But I, but I can't... Uh, they've never come to a... Uh, they've never reached a conclusion as to how this started... But you know a clown started. No, I don't think a clown started. A, a clown was smoking a cigarette, tossed it into the straw. No, they the said it was quite common for uh, people to toss cigarettes and cigars against the tarp of the tent and it not um, not cause fires. And so whatever happened this day was something that, um, you know, was out of the ordinary. Well, whatever happened... A clown did it. No, I don't believe it was a clown. I it like wasn't clowns. a lion tamer. Why would a lion tamer want to burn the circus down? It was a disgruntled clown. Maybe been the guy that you know, swallows a sword. Who knows? Mm. No, that was Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> <laughs> Behave. Okay, so um, while the circus was banned from Hartford and other parts of Connecticut for years... Um, it did make a comeback in in the 70s, but the laws passed in Connecticut uh, shortly after the fire made it illegal for big tops to be used. Um, uh, the big tops started to be phased out anyway. Um, so when the Ring Brothers comes to town now, you'll see they'll use big arenas like 
Like if they come to Cincinnati, they go to um, the Coliseum, and um, they use these they use um, sporting venues and things. So um, the circus uh, finally came back in uh, to Hartford in two thousand and four. In fact, they gave free tickets to Dorothy Carver and her son. They got free passes. She was there that day in 1944 when the fire occurred. Um, so she attended. Uh, that was the first time for her attending a circus since the fire in 1944. Um, in 2002, the Hartford Circus Fire Memorial Foundation was established and erected a permanent memorial to the people who were killed in the fire. And ground was broken in 2004 for another monument at the site where the fire occurred. After the fire, uh, the Ringling Brothers, as I said, continued to perform um, in buildings and arenas. Uh, and they, their last show under the Big Tent was um, on July 16, 1956. That was the last uh, Big Top performance under the tent. Uh, and that was held in Pittsburgh. Pennsylvania. So that's it for the Hartford Circus Tent Fire, a disaster that claimed many lives and wounded a lot of people and scarred a lot of people for life, both physically and emotionally. Brandy, do you have any final thoughts on the Hartford Circus Tent Fire? I concur with Chuck that it was a clown's fault. I don't think it was a clown. What do you think about the Little Miss... 1565. I think she got strangled by a clown. I do not. I concur. Um, So maybe we'll never know. Maybe DNA testing will eventually determine um, her identity. It's a shame. Any final thoughts, Brandy? Nope. We're good to go. Charles, where can people find us? I don't... Well, you didn't ask me for my final thoughts, and I want to wrap this up. I'm just going to tell people, stay away from circuses. They ain't, what good ever came from a circus? No good. I mean, now and now you don't even have to go to the circus because you can get on YouTube and look up, like, elephant tramples trainer, lion turns on trainer. The stuff you're waiting to see at the circus is on YouTube anyway, right? Right. And you know, then, I don't like circuses and I don't like rodeos. I don't mind I, rodeos. I rodeos. do not like cotton candy. I'm not a fun, cotton candy candy. I, I did I like mean, cotton candy till the bee landed on my I cotton, don't like candy, cotton candy. I don't like candy. I don't like candy apples. I like candy apples. I like caramel apples. Uh, I, uh, they hurt my teeth. Well, I like them, but I don't like cotton candy. Now, cotton candy easy on your teeth unless there's a bee stuck to yeah, it. Yeah, but you get that all sticky feeling. I don't like. So, what? Where can people find us? People can find us uh, typically in Brandy's office, um, <laughs> usually. And if you um, would like the opportunity to clean a refrigerator, please message us because yeah. we'll put you to work. And, and as of yet, um, I'm not really sure. Timmy wouldn't tell me if they did. Has, has anybody written in to claim the autographed pictures of the colonel? Uh, no, because that, po- that, po- that podcast oh, yeah. was just published last night. Okay, well, then we will... Uh, I, wouldn't, back. I wouldn't hold my breath for it. Yeah, we're, I forget that we are not on the same time as everybody else, that we right. f- we tape these shows in advance. And, yes, um, yes we do. But we get them out pretty quickly. <clears throat> we would like the person who listens to us in Norway to send us an email, send it to our Facebook page, or email me personally, timtscott at yahoo.com, timtscott at yahoo.com. 
We would love to hear from you. We get one listener from Norway every single podcast, faithful listener. We just like to give you a shout out. We won't use your real name if you don't want us to, but we'd love to hear from you. For the rest of you, please listen to us on iTunes. If you do, follow us, subscribe, and leave a comment. Um, leave a comment there or leave a comment on our Facebook page, History Dreams. Do not leave a comment on Brandy's personal page because I, try, the Colonel and I would enjoy My reading. personal page is not published. Well, look up Brandy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, any uh, final thoughts, Colonel? I, you know, I have no final thoughts How many because final I haven't thoughts had are we going to give him? I had, I have well, you know, he's running for president. I never see him in, on it, the debate. They had a debate. He wasn't even at the kitty table. You know why I did? No, I'm not going to the debate. You know why? Why? First of all, people yeah. know where I stand. Because you're not showing up in any poll? No. Sure I, he is. These nuts. <laughs> these nuts is beating you by nine points. I, no. I am... See, these people are like these nuts. He's peaking early. He's peaking early. I hate that. I, me, I'm, I'm waiting to see what Joe Biden does. So if Joe Biden runs, does that mean that you will, you're going to step aside? If Joe Biden runs, um, because, you know, Joe Biden will say some of the craziest stuff you ever heard. But I thought you were running in both the Democrat and the Republican primaries. Well, yeah, but you know what, these Republicans, I started out in a whole campaign thing. And they just a whole bucket full of crazy. They ain't even so, fun to hang around with. So basically, you didn't get invited to the debate. So now you're. I got invited to the you're, debate. You're, being, you're being like a little bit like Donald Trump now. You're you're, you're going to take your ball and go home. Oh but God! Now we're going to get sued. I got a. Uh, I got. Here, here's the thing. Those people. And, and I I spent some time listening to them and 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 the jackasses. I mean, they ain't, and, and I'm not talking about their political views. I'm just talking about their personal hygiene. Some of them was terrible and smelling. Well, I know you had, you've had uh, your run-ins with Ted Cruz before. Well, Ted Cruz, yeah, and he ain't doing so well. D's nuts beating Ted Cruz. D's uh, nuts is beating Jeb Bush right now. D's nuts beating Jeb Bush. And Jeb Bush is just walking around sad. He looking sad all the time. Well, you know, um, I keep waiting for you and your good friend Scott. Mm-hmm. To appear on, you know, face the nation, meet the press. I've no. yet to, I've yet to see you guys anywhere. Well, it's because we don't need, we don't have that kind of ego. I see. I mean, those, the, and that's what I find a little bit. You're, you're really, you're a grass, you have grassroots. We have grassroots, and, and we're saving our momentum for the end of the campaign. You don't want to peak too early. Uh, yeah, because look at uh, who won Iowa the last election, Michelle Bachman. You see where she and you know and she, I think it was Rick Santorum, but that's okay. What no? Was it Rick Santorum? Mm-hmm. He won the Iron. It was probably. some loser. Yeah, she was, was she was leading in the polls for a while. Okay, yeah, yeah she was leading in the polls, and uh, right now Donald Trump leading in the polls, which is I think great for America because you hear all kinds of crazy every day. My prediction, uh, Colonel, I would love to see you. I would love to see you get one of the nominations, either Democratic or the Republican nomination. But my prediction, it will be. Hillary Clinton versus Jeb Bush. Brandy, what's your prediction? As long as it's not the Donald. Okay, do you want to give a prediction on who the final two would be? I do not. Okay. I, well, and, you know, uh, my my goal, and me and Scott have been talking about this, our goal is not to be elected to office. Our goal is to just pressure the other people to say, like Bernie Sanders. You, you Do you think he was as progressive as this? No. 
He but was a socialist. He, but then he heard the colonel <laughs> was jumping in, and he thought, you know what? I better get my ass. I so you move. You move. He. You. You're. You're making things happen behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, I moved Bernie Sanders way to the left. Move and Trump Marco, to the right. Trump. Trump was a moderate guy. I. He heard about the colonel. I was like, immigration. You know what I do? I build a big ass moat. I built a big moat, put crocodiles, dragons, whatever in there. You would not. Yeah, I would. You were not. Well, no, I wouldn't actually do it, but I got Donald Trump to start talking about building a wall. Did not. Now, look, because I told Donald Trump. Well, you know what I said to Donald Trump? I was We was talking, and I said, you know, you know that big wall China built? They ain't got no Mexicans So you kind of give him a nudge. Oh, that's Michelle Bachman. You gave her that idea. She's I did. So smart. Yeah, but you know what? I still what like the idea happen. of having someone having a bouncer at the uh, on the wall and only letting the attractive women in. Well, I people forget that we got this big, big problem at the Canadian border of Canadians. <laughs> well, no, the Canadians won't let us in. That's true. <laughs> Sons of bitches got us blocked in here. Anyway, we love Mexico to get to America. We're trying to escape America to get to Canada. On our last podcast, we got three downloads from the Philippines. Really? Yeah. On the the one we just did on um, what did we do yesterday? Pretty Boy Floyd. You think one was El Capo? No, he's in Mexico. Yes, I do. Okay, um, thank you everyone for joining us. We'll talk to you and see you again on History Dweez. Bye, everyone. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.